0: A week into spring practices, who's standing out for this Texas football team? You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit Fanduel.com slash Locked On today to get started. On today's episode of Locked On Longhorns, we are recapping the third spring practice that took place on Friday, as well as our overall takeaways from the first week of spring practice as a whole. We're going through each position group like we always do on the offense and defense in the first and second segments. And then in the third segment, we're showing some more love to the Texas baseball team who got their sixth win in a row last night against North Dakota State. That series ends tonight at the Dish. All of that and more on today's episode of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So this football team is one week through spring practices. They've completed a week. They are now on spring break. This is the first time that Steve Sarkisian has done something like this, taking a week break in the middle of spring practices. So we'll see you know, if this benefits or doesn't benefit the football team moving forward when they get back to spring practices next week. But we're discussing the first week of spring practices that took place last week, and we're going to start with the quarterback position. And on Friday in the third spring practice, the media outlet said that in the viewing window, that was the sharpest they had been all week. Now, it was a small sample size being that it was only the third practice, but it's good to see from the second practice where there was a lot of reports about inconsistency, um, especially in the viewing window in terms of Arch Manning and Quinn Ewers throwing the ball, that they came back on Friday and looked a lot better. And both quarterbacks have described have been looking really good overall, Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning, but I think what's made it really interesting is that we thought coming into camp that Arch Manning and Malik Murphy would really compete for that quarterback two position. Since Malik Murphy has yet to participate, I think that puts a lot more pressure on the coaching staff to make sure that Arch Manning is developed because he is one, you know, we're one hit away from Arch Manning being our starting quarterback this year. And so while you expected this to be a development year for him and, you know, kind of just come in and get acclimated to everything and be ready to hit the ground running next year. Now you have to treat it as if he's ready to get the ground running this year because. Locked on Longhorns. Okay. A week into spring practices, who is standing out for this Texas football? team? You are locked on Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. On today's episode of Locked On Longhorns, we are recapping the third spring practice that took place on Friday by this football team, as well as giving our overall takeaways from the first week of spring practice, going through each position group like we always do on the offense and defense in the first and second segments. And then in the third segment of Locked on Longhorns, we're giving some more love to the baseball team who picked up their sixth straight win last night. They end the series against North Dakota State tonight in the dish. All of that and more on today's episode of Locked on Longhorns, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. So we are a week through spring practices. Things have kind of been hectic with the basketball team doing what they've been able to do. Um, And now the team is on spring break. This is the first time that Steve Sarkeesian has done this, taking a week break in the middle of spring practices. So we'll see how it affects the team when they come back next week, right? If it benefits them or if they come back a little rusty after taking a week off after three spring practices. But nonetheless, we heard a lot about each position group throughout the first week, and so we go through that now. We're going to start with the quarterback room, and Quinn and Arch Manning were described as looking the sharpest they had all week during Friday's viewing window, which is really good to see the improvement throughout the week, although it being a small sample size. But especially coming off of the reports we heard out of Wednesday's spring practice uh, that there was some inconsistency from both quarterbacks in the throwing window, it's good to see they got that cleaned up, at least in Friday's portion. Uh, Without Malik Murphy, really it's been interesting because – We've heard really good things about Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning, but it's kind of put, I think, more urgency on the coaching staff because you thought this would be a development year for Arch Manning, right? You come in, you know, just teach him as much as you can, get him acclimated to being a college student, get him acclimated to Sark's system, and then next year is kind of the year where he has to hit the ground running. But with the uncertainty around Malik Murphy, this coaching staff has to develop Arch Manning as if he's quarterback too. And you have to develop him – as if you're one hit away from Arch Manning being your starting quarterback in this season, resting on the right arm of Arch Manning. And when you look at the history of Texas football, at least the recent history in 12 of the last 15 seasons, multiple quarterbacks have played meaningful snaps for Texas, right? Including the first two years in Steve Sarkeesian's tenure. So not sure what's going on with Malik Murphy, when that situation will be resolved, but there's some urgency with this coaching staff to get Arch Manning developed because we're one hit away from Arch Manning being our starting quarterback. And I know that Arch Manning has impressed thus far in spring practices, and I think he's exceeded expectations whatever the expectations were, but there's a big difference between looking good in spring practice and being ready to win games during the season as a true freshman for this Texas football team. When you talk about the running back room, I think all of the running backs have impressed throughout the first week. Jonathan Brooks and Keelan Robinson still have not participated in spring practices. Not sure when they'll be added to the mix. When you talk about Cedric Baxter, they just continue to say he does not look like a true freshman, right? And that's very obvious when you see him and and you look at his build and like I said he already weighs right now with Bijan and Roshan just weighed in at the combine a week into spring practices so he's somebody that's really big and they say he looks really sharp and they keep mentioning uh, his burst and just his presence right a big running back but he has burst for his size as well somebody that's going to have a big role for this Texas football team this year Savion Red we know that he was moved from wide receiver to running back but in high school he did everything right he was a Uh, a wildcat quarterback. So he ran for over a thousand yards his senior year. And when they talk about Savion Red, they say he just has the physical traits of a running back and the workhorse mentality of a running back with the obvious receiving ability coming out of the backfield and him playing receiver last year. You know, I thought, I think when they moved him to running back, People didn't know how that transition would go. He did play it in high school, but he spent the whole last year being a receiver. But it sounds like at least through three spring practices, Savion Red not only looks like a running back, but looks like he can carry the ball like a running back and looks like he's going to compete for a lot of touches in that running back room this year. And then Jaden Blue, we continue to talk about how explosive he is, right? And how versatile he is as a running back. But one of the question marks surrounding Jaden Blue has been his ability to run between the tackles, right? We know that, He's somebody that can get in space and make plays. And he's somebody that wants to run outside the tackles and make those big splash plays. But this is an inside zone running football team, right? Can you consistently run between the tackles and how efficient are you running between the tackles? I think that's still a big question mark for Jaden Blue, but overall this running back room looks really good. And like I continue to say, I know a lot of people are going to be down on this running back room after you lose B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson. And I can't blame you for that. But I think there's a lot of talent in this running back room. I think the running game for Texas will be really good this year, pending on what that interior offensive line looks like. In the wide receiver room, DeAndre Moore dealt with a lower leg injury earlier in the week. And as soon as he got injured, we were kind of, you know, told that it wasn't that serious, but he was in a boot. Anytime somebody's in a boot, and they're telling you, it's not that serious. You kind of take that with a grain of salt. But he was back participating in the viewing window on Friday after being in a boot earlier in the week. So that's great. And I know that Jontae Cook has received the majority of the praise, especially as a true freshman. But DeAndre Moore has somebody that has stepped in as well and really has impressed everybody thus far. And two things they've mentioned about him is that he's faster than everybody thought. Right? I don't know what that means when you spend you know, a year evaluating somebody, but he's come to the University of Texas and at least in spring practices thus far, he's faster than everybody's thought, but he's also a great route runner, right? I remember I, it was a video I saw of him uh, when he committed. It was one of the best routes I've ever seen where he broke somebody off like two or three different times before he finished his route. And so he brings that capability to the 40 acres, somebody that will play this year, likely in the slot. AD Mitchell, they continue to talk about just his physical profile, right? When you see him up close and personal, how physical he is at the point you know at the catch point how he can get open running down the field and I think he has deceptive speed for his size as well somebody that can really just put it all together I think really what we thought we were getting in Isaiah Nayor last year like a big physical receiver that was faster than everybody thought somebody that could just make plays in every area of the field and that big receiver that's kind of a security blanket for your young quarterback right even Quinn Ewers coming into this year, he's experienced, but he's still young. I think A.D. Mitchell being healthy represents that for Quinn Ewers, right? Somebody that as a big body receiver, you can just throw the ball up. They make those 50-50 catches, but also, you know, it's faster than you think and can make more plays than you think being a big body receiver. And so I'm really excited to see what A.D. Mitchell can do this year, especially if you have players across from him like Xavier Worthy, Jordan Whittenden, and J.T. Sanders taking the pressure off of him. As long, you know, as well as the run game in the backfield and then coming off of Jordan Whittington's best season, it was his you know, only season where he was able to stay fully healthy. A lot of people said that that may have been his breakout year last year, but he only had one touchdown. He was kind of used inconsistently. People are saying that this is the year that Jordan Whittington breaks out and. It's crazy to say that because we talk about all of the talent we have on the offense. I just mentioned it, right? A.D. Mitchell, the two freshman receivers who are likely gonna play this year, Xavier Worthy, JT Sanders. But people are saying that Jordan Whittington looks better even than he did last year, right? He's making more plays down the field. He's utilizing his speed more in this offense. And he's also a tough physical receiver that can make plays underneath. But like I said, in the first week of spring practices, at least he's making more plays down the field, which makes him a more explosive option out of the slot and has him poised to have an even better season than he did last year for the Longhorns. When you talk about the tight end room, JT Sanders is JT Sanders, right? He's coming to this season in better shape, being more of a vocal leader, right? He's continuing to improve as a blocker. And I think he's shown more fluidity in his route running, right? Somebody that can really dominate As a two-way tight end in the blocking game and the receiving game, as we saw last year, I think he gets better, even better this year in a more efficient offense for the Longhorns. The biggest question in the tight end room is how much of a threat can Gunnar Helm be in 12 personnel? We saw when we were in 12 personnel last year, it was good for our run game, but we didn't see a lot of passes going to that secondary tight end. We saw it a little bit when Jaleel Billingsley came in for those three games that he played, but we didn't see it a lot with Gunnar Helm. Could Gunnar Helm come in and be a receiving threat when this team does go to 12 personnel, even though it'll be a little bit less than they did last year with more 11 personnel this year and four receiver sets to spread out you know defenses with all the receivers we have? When you look at the offensive line, you talk about the two tackles, Kelvin Banks and Kristen Jones have looked really great in spring practices thus far. Christian Jones, there have been some talk about, you know, what will the five best offensive linemen be? Do you need to move Kristen Jones to guard to allow Cam Williams space to play at right tackle? Or is Kristen Jones just still better at right tackle than Cam Williams? And do you keep him at right tackle? What is your question there? But at least in the first week of spring practices, both tackles has looked really good going against the defensive line in terms of the interior you know, offensive line going against the defensive line. I think the interior defensive line has won that matchup. And, you know, I read a story from an article from Bobby Burton saying that Hayden Connor is on notice. Right. And it's not because uh, Hayden Connor isn't good or that he hasn't done anything great in spring practices. But Nito, I'm going to attempt to say his name, Umio Zulu. Right. Nito Umio Zulu has been tagged as one of the players that's really been standing out the first week in spring practices. Bobby Burton went as far as to say that he thinks that Nito may end up being the second best offensive lineman behind Kelvin Banks in that 2022 class. So that's really high praise for him. He said he thinks he's going to be somebody that's hard to keep off the field this year. And then, like I said, who's going to be the best five, right? With Cole Hudson missing the spring, DJ Campbell looks good in the run game, but you know, leave something to be desired in the passing game at times. And then we know Jake Majors and Hayden Connor were inconsistent this year. So we're going to be good at the tackle positions, but we need to get that interior offensive line shored up and we need to go into the season with the best five, especially when you don't have B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson in the backfield anymore to kind of cover up those deficiencies in the trenches on the offensive line. A quick word from FanDuel and then we're going to get to the defensive side who will stand out the first week of spring practices. The midway point of the NBA season is here and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet does not win, just download the FanDuel sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to points scored and threes made. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance Chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay so don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet of up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment more with fanduel and official sports betting partner of the nba Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The defensive line, Tavondre Sweat, starting with the interior and the D tackles. Tavondre Sweat was mentioned as the best player on the field on Friday. They said no matter who Kyle Flood put in front of him, Tavondre Sweat was just pushing people back, and that's what we saw last year in spring practices, where the interior defensive line was kind of dominating. The I think the defensive line was dominating the offensive line as a whole, especially because Kelvin Banks wasn't there as an early enrollee, lead, but especially the interior defensive line, and that's been the story of the first week as well. Like I said, Terandre Sweat mentioned as the best player on the field on Friday. He's been amazing throughout the first week of spring practices, and he's also stepped up and been a vocal leader. They said last year, kind of next to Keandre Coburn, they they're you know they're both big guys, really goofy, and so he kind of just was in that role of you know somebody that was bringing that kind of uh, lighthearted mentality to the locker room. But this year he stepped up more of as a leader and a mentor, especially with the young, talented player in the room like Sadir Mitchell. They said he's really latched on to him as a leader and a mentor and tried to you know bring him along to speed as quickly as he can. Byron Murphy is somebody that's mentioned as looking really good as well. Somebody that looks like he's taking that next step and somebody who's going to be, a borderline superstar for this football team this year if he continues to develop at the rate that he is. And then Alfred Collins, all reports have said thus far that, you know, he looks really encouraging. He put in a lot more dedication and time to the weight room in this off season. And so if he's somebody that can finally get closer to, you know, showing that five-star potential he came into the 40 acres with. It will go a long way for, you know, helping this team in the interior defensive line in terms of the run game, you know, being as stout as they were in the run game last year with Keandre Coburn and Moro Ojimo departing, but also giving this team a much-needed push in the pass rush department because – you know, right now, going into the season like last year, there are questions about the pass rush. If Alfred Collins can develop into the player we thought he was, that'll answer a lot of those questions on the defensive line. And then Jare Bledsoe, somebody that we mentioned as, you know, a tweener going between the interior defensive line and the edge positions. Right now, he's working more with the interior defensive line because there's a lot of talent that P. is working with on the edge. And when you talk about the edge position, Baron Sorrell is being mentioned as starting to look like a guy, right? And we talk about this all the time that we have a group of guys that can get after the quarterback, but we haven't had the guy in a while that you think can go out there and get you, you know, close to double digit sacks and really have that type of impact week in and week out on that defensive line. People are saying that Baron Sorrell coming into this year is starting to look like that guy on the other side Of Baron Sorrell, there's some more question marks. Justice Finkley is in that position right now, and he's quick at the point of attack. He's really powerful, especially for his size, and he's stout in the run game, but there's questions about his length and how that will hinder him or lack thereof as a pass rusher. Like I have a lot of faith in Justice Finkley. I love Justice Finkley, and I think he'll have a really good season. Ethan Burke and Jamon Tapp behind Justice Finkley, right? They may be better pure pass rushers in terms of length and getting to the quarterback, but can they hold up in the run game enough to be more than rotational players? So I think Baron Sorrell at that Jack position is looking really good. You have a little bit more question marks at the buck position, but you have some really talented players like Justice Finkley, Ethan Burke, and Jermon Tapp, who can all come in and make plays. So, you know, you might be concerned about who will be the starter or who is the most complete player out of the three, but I think all three of those players are really good players for this Texas football team. And if Justice Finkley is starting, I'm more than, Happy going into the season with a really good defensive line, especially at the edge positions between Justice Finkley, Baron Sorrell, and then in the middle of the defense with Tavandre Swift and Byron Murphy being your starters. At the linebacker position, Jalen Ford continues to look like the third team All-American that we saw last year, but he's also leading by example in mentoring a young linebacker room that has two studs in it and Leona LaFowle and Anthony Hill right now. David Benda looks like the starter, taking over that DeMarvian overshone role next to Jalen Ford. I'm not sure if there's enough time between now and the season for Anthony Hill or Leona LaFowle to take over that position. Mo Blackwell is a factor in that as well, just with the experience they have, knowing the playbook and everything. They have the leg up right now, but Anthony Hill and Leona LaFowle continue to get rave reports from everybody that views them in the viewing window, all media outlets, and to the point that you can pretty much imagine that Leona LaFowle and Anthony Hill will get some playing time this year, even if they're not starting day one or at any point throughout the season. And then in the secondary, uh, Jade Barron and Austin Jordan were working at the star positions on the outside. You had Terrence Brooks, Ryan Watts, Xavier Bryce, Malik Muhammad and Gavin Holmes working as your field and your boundary corners at the safety position, Jalen Catalan was not participating in the viewing window from what I saw, but they mentioned Keaton Crawford has shown a lot of growth kind of sitting in for Jalen Catalan next to Jaron Thompson while they're rehabbing him throughout spring practices. So it's good to see that Keaton Crawford is showing some growth, taking that next step. And then they mentioned Michael Taff, Larry Turner Gooden, and uh, BJ Allen working behind the safety. So all in all, a lot of good things from the first two weeks of spring practices, and it just speaks to the level of talent that is on this Texas football team, right? At every position, we're talking about, you know, two, three players deep that can really come in and have an impact for this Texas football team this year. And that's why I continue to say this is a huge year for Steve Sarkeesian in year three. And barring any crazy injuries, this needs to be a Big 12 championship or bust type of year for Steve Sarkeesian in this football team. Getting into this Texas baseball team, they are now 10 and 7 on the season. They have won six straight games after starting off the season, four and seven. They are on a 14 game homestand. And, you know, through this uh, six game win streak, they've played a lower level of competition, but you got to play who's in front of you. And they have played six straight games and won six straight games against teams they're supposed to beat, including North Dakota State last night. That game was seven to two. So after the starter came in and gave up, two runs in less than three innings right north dakota state jumped out to a 2-0 lead the texas baseball team outscored them seven to zero for the remainder of the game we talked about how this bullpen has come in and been nails especially really the last three games now they haven't had great starting pitching right they've had to go to the bullpen early in the last three games against manhattan and north dakota state so that needs to get cleaned up moving forward but it's a team effort, and the bullpen came in last night. Charlie Hurley and Heston Toll and pitched almost six scoreless innings. So we haven't gotten great starting pitching in our last three games, but it hasn't mattered because the bullpen has been excellent. And then on the offensive end, Du Planter and Eric Kennedy combined for four of the seven RBI, and they've been putting some really good at-bats together lately. They had eight hits last night and 11 walks, and when you look at it, In their last four games, they've scored 41 runs, averaging over 10 runs a game. Only one of those runs came off a home run, right? So they're getting singles, they're getting doubles, they're passing the baton, getting walks, taking some really good at-bats. And it's a good sign to see them to be able to score 41 runs with only one of them coming on a home run, but... Hey, eventually you want to see those home runs popping too and getting those easy runs, you know, (laughs) because you're not going to go into every game expecting to be able to pass the baton and expecting everybody to be able to put together good at bats consistently. But nonetheless, I'll never complain about a win, never complain about a six game win streak. And let's make it seven tonight, including another sweep, albeit a two game sweep against North Dakota State in the dish. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every Day. Hook 'em peace.